0: Hi, everyone. You're listening to Candidly Laura, a daily podcast for adventure seekers and personal development junkies. Laura is a digital nomad who always tells it like she sees it. She loves talking about travel, entrepreneurship, dogs, and more. Take it away, Laura. All right. I think we're here. We're here. It is time to talk about... One of the books that made the biggest difference in my life, and I won't gatekeep, I'll tell you what it is right off the bat, so if it's something that you want to go and read and then come back and listen to this, you should do that. So it is Tim Ferriss' 4-Hour Work Week. and in this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about Tim Ferriss, a little bit about the book and what it did did to me, (laughs) but also mostly what it did for me. And I think it was uh, a huge ignition, a huge power up, if you will, for me to start and really look at income streams and how that can be such a lucrative, literally, and life changing thing, but also how I looked at travel and specifically looking at long travel and traveling differently. Can you hear the dog growling? I don't know. He, there's been a lot of squirrel activity this morning. All right. So Tim Ferriss is. He once described himself as a serial entrepreneur. He was born in 1977 in New York. He is a American entrepreneur, investor, author, podcaster, and lifestyle guru. He best became well-known from his 4-Hour Workweek book. He also has 4-Hour um, Body, 4-Hour Chef. And then he has a Titan book, too, that's called um, Tools of Titans, The Tactics, Routines, and Habits of Billionaires, Icons, and World Class Performers. So he's one of those people, and he says this, more eloquently in his book, but he just sort of decides to do things and try them. And his first entrepreneurial venture was in 2001, um, where he started a nutritional supplement business. And he talks really candidly about what he learned during that, and it was it was pretty successful. I think may still be going, or somebody might have bought it from him. Um, but he learned a lot about entrepreneurship about product and learned a lot about how to really um, encourage his employees to take ownership of solving their own problems. And one of the stories that he talked about specifically with this company that really resonated with me was he talked about the time that he made a decision to say that you know he had started adding some employees and some customer service and he noticed that his time was being taken up with like things that the customer service people wanted to fix for customers because of xyz and they all had like exceptionally good intentions but they were continually going to him because of the way that he set it up you know he was the entrepreneur he was the one making all the big decisions so he finally made sort of a blanket a set it's not an assessment a blanket statement that's what it is hang on i'm gonna sneeze maybe not (sighs) goodness gracious sorry so now willow's drinking you guys we're a mess this morning so he made a blanket statement to his employees and specifically to the customer service people that He trusted them in their decision-making and wanting to make it right for the customers. So he gave them all blanket ability to solve any problem. And he put a a price limit on it. He said, if it's a $100 problem or less, please, you fix it. And it saved so much time. And made customers so much happier that, like the what he saw, his return on that decision was exponentially happier. So his employees felt listened to and felt like they were given the ability to prob- problem solve. Customers loved that things could be fixed, you know, and settled right away instead of having to wait for someone else to make a decision that they could. So it was just all around like a really empowering and good learning lesson that. His time was much more valuable, and his employees were smart and would make good decisions and you know a hundred dollars to fix something and often it wasn't even a hundred dollar thing that needed to be fixed so I just thought that was a a cool story of him learning how to sort of circumnavigate figuring out and engaging his employees, but also his you know it had returns from his customers too so anyway. Smart use of time. And that's a lot of what his book is talking, it starts to talk about is if you want to have sustainable income, you have to figure out how there are systems and ways for other people to do things, right? Especially if you're doing a product base as an entrepreneur. You want systems and checks and other people managing all of the things that they need to manage so that you just have to do the super high-end stuff. And that was, you know, his ultimate goal was to have everything running so that he could just work four hours a week, right? Four hour work week. So one of the things that I just think is, is funny about Tim is that he decides to just like do things because he can. And before he started his supplement company, he, um, well, I'll just read what he wrote, <laughs> In 1999, sometime after quitting my second unfulfilling job and eating peanut butter sandwiches for comfort, I won the gold medal at the Chinese kickboxing national championship. It wasn't because I was good at punching and kicking, God forbid, that seems a bit dangerous considering I did it on a dare and had 4 weeks of preparation, besides I have a big watermelon head as a target. I won the rule I won by reading the rules and looking for loopholes. Which were these two. Weigh-ins were the day prior to competition. Using dehydration techniques I now teach to elite power lifters, I lost twenty-eight pounds in eighteen hours, weighed in at 165, and hydrated back to 193. It's hard to fight someone from three weight classes above you, poor little guys. And number two, there was a technicality in the fine print. If one combatant fell off the elevated platform three times in a single round, his opponent won by default. I decided to use this technicality as my single technique and just push people off. As you might imagine, they did not make the judges the happiest Chinese I've ever seen. <laughs> so he is a rule breaker, but is also like, you know, is is trying new things and doing fun things. And then took that part of what he learned from that experience, from winning that gold medal at a Chinese kickboxing national championship and used it towards what he was going to use do in the future. So anyway, I just thought that was a funny story. And when I read it in the book, I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> but technicalities, you still get gold medals. So the part of the book that changed my life was not only starting to think about Okay, revenue streams. And I didn't like I didn't have a product in mind, but I liked the idea of like how can I use my brain and what I'm good at and to supplement my theater income? Because when you sign up and you get your bachelor's in stage management. You just sort of sign an imaginary line where you understand you're not going to make very much money. Like you made this decision and this is what you've done to yourself. (laughs) Um, So the idea of having extra income was super interesting. The other part of the book that he really drills down and explains like bit by bit is how to start having mini retirements before you retired. And one of his main points, which I remember reading, and I don't know if this was the exact sentence, but it was something similar, but the sentiment was, why are you waiting to travel for retirement when you could do it now? And I, at that point, was single, and I was really struck by that idea of... I have a contract job where I can go to another place for a month or two, depending on what's happening with my theater contracts. And it all of a sudden became very clear of like, that is such a waste if I don't figure out how to be in other places and to use that time and this kind of career to my advantage. And then I knew I wasn't going to be able to do that unless I figured out how to figure out the financials, right? And immediately, right after he sort of introduces this mini vacation or mini retirement idea, he really goes step-by-step into people sort of make a blanket statement that travel is expensive. And his point of view is like, yeah, of course, sure, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. If you want to have an extravagant two-week vacation somewhere, It's going to be a different price if you go to Thailand or you go to Disneyland, right? Those are two very different price points. And you can travel to countries where the American dollar goes a lot, lot farther and have a a much more luxurious experience, right? Like your super expensive hotel in Thailand or Bali or many other places is going to be at a fraction of the cost of a regular hotel room around Disneyland. So his point of view is it doesn't necessarily have to be billions of dollars to take a month or two or six months or a year someplace. And that those sabbaticals, what they do for your health and well-being, especially if you figured out how to manage your income and your job. It just makes sense. So he he does a, a really good, and I don't, I didn't find it online. It's somewhere, it's in the book. He does a really good sort of breaking up of how much you think it will cost versus how much it actually costs. And then sort of works his way backwards into, okay, so if you need to have $3,000 for, for, plane and lodging and $1000 for food and whatever and you know that's excursions and everything so it's $4000 let's say for 3 months then you need to save x amount per month if you want to back that up a year you have a year to make that much this is how much per week you need to make extra here's some ways for you to like start to think about either tightening the belt or making more money and When he had it sort of written out in that sort of calculator way, it became just really clear how travel could be attainable if you just like plan it. (laughs) And I know that sounds really silly, but it, it was something that I hadn't really occurred to me at that point in my early 20s, mid 20s early 30s. I don't know how old I was. I think I read the book in 2000. It was probably either 2014 or 15, because it was right around the time that I started my beauty counter business. Um, so it was the planning aspect of it. But for me, it also was how cool could vacation be and specifically long vacation. So that was the third thing that I really got from this book was why wouldn't I go to a place for a month if I could? Why wouldn't I want to experience what local life would be like? instead of, you know, the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, weekend in London, because that's very different than a month in London and then another month in the English countryside and a month in, you know, Milan or whatever. And I think part of Part of why I really liked the idea of a month long is when I was in high school, we took two trips to Europe. I was very fortunate to be at a school where um, where we took trips like that and had family and my grandparents help with, and I was working, help with paying for those trips. But the first one was a European concert tour with our band and choir and orchestra. And there was, I think there was like a hundred of us. It was a lot of people. And we did, I don't know, like six countries in two weeks between playing our own concerts and going to concerts and going to excursions. And like, it just kind of was all a blur. I mean, it was fun and awesome and I'm super grateful, but it did help me really realize that's not the kind of travel that I want to do. And also the older I got the m- and the more I was reading about travel, like that's a very American way to travel. Like, oh, I'm going to Europe. So I'm going to these three countries in nine days. Um, so thinking about other income streams, thinking about making plans to do long vacations and thinking about how it's more financially feasible than I would have thought. Those are my big takeaways from his four hour work week. He goes pretty in depth into like how he set up his product based business and um, and gives you ideas and things about how to um, sort of scale that. And um, he talks a lot, too, about how the mini vacation can really, like, change your view of the world and your view of, like, what locals are. Um, so I would, of course, recommend it <laughs> because I enjoyed it a lot. And I found that it had a lot of really interesting things to think about. Um and I have read his other books. I thought they were really interesting and good. Um, for Our Chef is good. Just another sort of different viewpoint of how we think about food. And then I did really like Tools of the Titans because I love thinking about habits and how to make small changes to you know increase your productivity or everything else that you're looking at doing. All right, friends, that's my review and my probably the most pivotal book I've read. Certainly- in, in regards to how I think about travel. All right. Talk to you soon.